selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, <laughs> okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Celebrity Book Club. Ring, 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 ring. Hello. Hey, what's up, Tan? This is Bradley from ICC TV Studios and uh, the rest of the team at Netflix here. We got you on speaker. Uh, um, oh. You have a minute? Oh, um, well, I, I'm... We have uh, some awesome news. Oh. Um, we love your stuff. We love your personality. You had amazing chemistry with the rest of the boys. We'd love to offer you the position. You got it, dude. Oh, no. Um, yes, you're going to be the oh, fashion no. queer eye next oh, no. generation. It's going to be sick, dude. It's going to be sick. No, you simply must be joking. No. I just don't think I'm right for this position at all. Oh, my God. I love it. That, that snarky British sense of humor that you're doing. That's awesome. I don't mean to be cheeky at all. I'm, I'm just... Cheeky! I'm, I'm going through Dude, a lot Dude, you're freaking hilarious. Right okay, so we, um, we're starting production. I mean, super fast. Obviously, we wanted to even start this yesterday, so oh, we're going to need you to I, be flying down tomorrow. Oh, God. I, I just... I'm in the middle of selling a lot of my Instagram-based apparel businesses that I run out of Salt Lake City with a fellow Mormon girl, and it's just... It, 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 it causes a lot of anxiety and stress for me to consider going on television. I mean, I'm just not that dynamic or interested in attention. I just don't know how it could ever be on your television show. Oh, dude, you're so real. I just, and we're going to see you Monday. Are, are you sure that it's me? Are you sure that I'm right for television? I need to talk about where with my husband, with my strong masculine rancher cowboy husband. You can give your husband my cell. Um, I'm headed to a dinner thing in three minutes, um, but I could fit him in probably. I have to go to the Apple store actually in one minute. Maybe I could talk to him. Look, Tan, no one else was like you. There's a look in your eyes when you see a blazer, when you see a pair of dark, slim, skinny jeans. Your eye is amazing. Your heart is even bigger than your eyes. That's such a beautiful poetic thing to say. And perhaps I do have a gift that I can share with the world, which is knowing a lot about dark uh, dude, denim. I got a meeting at the oh, Apple store. My, okay. my, my laptop is frozen, but... um. See you in LA Monday. Uh, 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 well, I'll have a think about it, but uh, okay, cheerio, Okay, awesome. I Love you. Cheerio. Love it. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone, and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's Fellini. Celebrity Book Club. Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club. Tell your secrets, we won't talk. Celebrity Book Club. No boys are allowed. Celebrity Book Club. Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Quervo. Hey, Hi, best, best mate. mate! I'm Lily from Yangshin Share. 
I'm Stephen from Fissawop, Thurtishire. And we're so excited to podcast with you today. This is Celebrity Book Club. It's Celebrity Book Club. We're live in the Chelsea Wick studios for the first time. Recording our podcast proper, proper style. Proper, proper, proper. Not just behind a weird screen in our own little homes. We're really, we're back in studio. Yeah. And we're just so happy to be here. I'm getting a bit Aussie. Yeah, uh, come come back to Manchester with me for a second. Sorry, I need to pull it in. Um, <laughs> um, what's up, hey, y'all? We are, of course, gathered here to celebrate a short man. A short, petite man. Okay. Though, uh, sorry, average height for yeah, men in the UK. Average height for US and UK men. Of course, we're talking about none other than... Tan France. Tan France. You know him as the fashion maven from the reboot. reboot of Queer Eye. Say it with me. Reboots. Reboot stuff. So it's truly wild that we're doing Tan France because we actually kind of we met fell the in love with Liberty Culture when we met Carson Kressley at the Nantucket AIDS Gala right. in two thousand and one. We were eighteen. Yeah. Drinking oyster or shoot. 2004, no, 2004. Okay. Yeah, 2004. I'm babe. not that old, but yes. No, no, no. It was 04, yet we were so young. And I remember. We were drinking underage, I just, but everyone thought we were so glamorous. Yeah. And your hair was like, you were doing the full Seth from the OC shaggy boots. It was it was shaggy, but there may have been gel in it. Were you gelling? That I mean, that is the ultimate thing that in Queer Eye, when they're like, what is this? What is this goopy substance? I mean, as we'll talk about, he hates hair gel. And I agree. Yeah, I have some things to say about that. Okay, you have never, and I will say this, as a gold star, you've never made love to a man. And so it's like... I think in the context of bed, like, this is why I kind of, like, I disagree with Tan in so many levels Mm -hmm. because he is the most basic deodorant gay. And he, like, talks about how much he loves deodorant, how much he loves mouthwash. He says he doesn't like hair gel, but it's like, but you love those other things. And, like, those things to me. Also, his hair is, like, so His hair is so so poofed and insane. And we'll talk about his hair tragedy, in my opinion, in a minute. But, like, I hate those things in a sexual context with a man. Like, there's nothing grosser than when you get, like, naked with a guy and he's got the, like, white... Deodorant. Oh, no, no, that's disgusting. Clumping. I find that so gross. I hate like stubble on the pubic area. It's like so, like sharp and disgust. I hate when it's like when there's like gel, when there's anything that's like unnatural guess, like, on the body shaved, in a bed. Spiky pubes and white deodorant. And I actually see that as a more like female thing with the white secret or dove that's like chunky boots. Oh, wait, what's uh, strong enough for a man, but like quiet enough what? for a woman? <laughs> yeah. Secret, yeah, it is like quiet enough for a woman. Super quiet. Um, I know you're very like natural, man, and you don't use deodorant. I use deodorant, but I also don't feel like I totally need it. Like I also no, you have a gorgeous scent. Well, I also just feel like I don't smell that much. I kind of and actually you're not like do a it. Cereal perspirer. Yeah, I guess I put on this like gel Gillette deodorant, honestly, to feel a little bit more like a random Guido. Sure. Yeah, but. It's, and the, it, the gel I'm, is enough that it sort of like wears off by the time that you're getting intimate with someone. Are we talking about gel deodorant? Or are we talking about gel hair? Well, you're talking about deodorant, so I assume I'm also talking about. Yeah, deodorant. we're talking about <laughs> deodorant, and <laughs> I was, but we started with hair, so I got a little. I'm putting hair in the category of stuff that it's like once I'm naked with you, I don't want to be like touching things that are sticky, that are and like hardened. unnatural and hardened and clumpy and like all these other things. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of just like, let's just keep it body vibes only. I <laughs> body vibes <laughs> for sure. I guess where I'm going from. A gel place is like, you know, I'm just coming from like a greaser place where I think like sometimes you need gel, but I guess Tan would say, and a lot of other hairstylists would say, you can use a pomade, which again is like a harder. Oh, thing. There's like cremas and like other weird things that you can. I, I've like tried cremes before that like random stylists have given me, and they'll be like, oh my god, this works amazing. And then I don't know what the brand is, and I never use it again, and it's like it happened once. Right. But it's like there's some things that do give you like kind of a lightweight something. I mean, my hair is also very unique and. Doesn't really work, and so, right? The and then so, and products. I, when I again, I, literally, I wasn't even planning on here comes again my the haircut. 
Because I was like, oh, but if I use pomade, because I used to use pomade, I was like, it's just going to get greasy. As a former bouffantist. Yes. Well, that's okay. I do. We need to kind of back it up for a second. Right. But it's interesting because Tan now has this like huge bouffant. I guess let's just talk about his hair for a second. I, okay. Here's what's insane to me. I hate his hair. Way too huge. It's way too huge. He says at one point in the book where he's like, and I realize like, if you're shorter, have higher hair. It's like, that's the Make opposite you ta- of what no, you should No, it's do. like now everyone's seeing your huge hair. Because now, now you look like this cockatiel and it's like, it actually, it makes you look very disproportionate. And he's so he's actually right, I think, in a, a general a lot of like general principles about like proportions and, and like cropping jeans. and whatever. Well, yeah, sure. It's like, what is he, a fucking geometry major? It he, is just it's like a lot of geometry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of just like mid-rise, like to the mid-navel, like makes your hips look slightly narrower and 90 like more, degrees right. angle. Like, actually, if you wear this like crop jacket and play proportions and like you know, know the rules to break the rules, like you can wear a crop top and wear these jeans. But what's insane about the hair thing is he just blows it all out of whack because it just it actually just makes the whole body look compl- it makes you look smaller because it's, it's full, like what's this huge hair so he does the full Jimmy Neutron and it's like as someone who did rock a huge bouffant but you actually rocked it in a rockabilly way yes, not, not in this just like a fucking, insane quaffed, I'll say it faggot faggotrocia way and it's made even more egregious by the coloring so it's got this like gray swoop and it just it just accentuates how like insanely like Vegas showgirl this like headdress goes no up. and it's like it could be he could be so much sexier if it was he could still do well, like a pompadour the fo- okay the photos though in the book I feel like oh, up yeah, until we, the show started he was actually like attractive and right, like and it was his like, hair looks good you... and like when he does this kind of emo hair with the hair like down like well, that actually... was insane so funny when he's being so like fallout boy when he was being fully fallout boy but even just in like I feel like 2014 there's Whatever, photos here, of him yeah there, it's like summer it's parted on the side him in the red shirt you, yeah you're talking about this one oh like that one he looks so much hotter he looks in. so much hotter and his hair is just like normal and falling down and I'm just like I would kill for that hair like I will say this like as someone of dry frizzy hair experience like I related to the section where he's talking about like all the white kids in his town like would do this what he called curtains the sort of like Leo DiCaprio 90s hair and I was just, you know, the middle part. The middle, yeah, yeah. It was just like it's called a middle part. Right. Yeah, I, the curtain. It was funny they called it curtains. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, like I, you know, I never had hair that falls down. I've never had like straight I'm gentile sorry, shiny yeah. hair, and you do. And well, I, well, and I've always, I don't know what this cost, but I've always said I can give you my locks. <laughs> and well, creepily, I have them because I meant to like give them to my I mom. I don't have cancer. But, like, we can locks for love it. Yeah, I mean, that would be nice, but... I have the hair, you know? No, you certainly do, and it grows It grows like fast. Bamboo. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I always say. Just fucking at bamboo rates. But I did, I identify with him being like, oh, like, you know, to, like, see these people who are able to just, like, enjoy their hair and, like, you know, like, play with it in their teens, and he didn't. But the reality is, it's just, like, he does have good hair, and it does fall, and it does have, and I know it's a different texture, but I'm just, like, he has, like, a lot of great hair and it is kind of insane that he chooses to do this particular style because he simply doesn't have to. He really doesn't. Obviously he has so many insecurities which he gets into the book. I just want to pull it back for one second and yeah. review two things and just talk about our Carson Cressley meeting. Sure. One, I also was wearing this dress that I probably wore to like junior prom and your mother like gifted me oh, this like chunky, chunky beaded, beaded necklace. Yeah. So this is also where we met SJP. This you, kind of defined our lives. You looked... So incredible that night. <laughs> no, you were stop a stop. G- glowing. I mean, the, mm. just I, every, you know, every. this pert little bod. I mean, I wish every I could have got to that in bod. place. I mean, that red mouth. I mean, Taylor Swift would have walked out of the room. She said, I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't compete. I mean, it. Well, I mean, you were a slice of America. Wait, what was I? Mean, I a, a size seven then? Is that, size eight? Yeah. Seven, yeah, seven. Just pure Italian appetizer meat. This mm. antipasti served Clams up. Clams Hell yes. And we were like trying rosé for the first time. We had these Bloody Mary oyster shooters. Ugh. Anyway, Carson Cressley, he was hosting this gala and it was like all these straight people. I remember he was wearing this massive um, turquoise jewelry belt. It was like very Santa Fe and it was Which, okay, big tan. circular like medallions. And it, I'm already so mad at Tan because in this he talks about how like he hates silver jewelry because all of it looks like 
tacky in Santa Fe. And it's kind of like, that's why you're so not fun is because the original fashion one is Carson Kressley being like the most insane Sheryl Crow Buddha. Yeah, I think in some ways the difference between Carson and Tan exemplifies like where our culture has gone gone and how sad and the degradation of America and like going from everything is a cropped blazer to just like serious to serious like girl boss moralizing like like everyone is a hero and everything is the sob story like and then but also the the shift from just like a ridiculous fashion gay who has like a quip about everything who's super fun and like dresses crazy and makes fun of people to just like the most boring five so, so, like, eight blazer self-hating self-hating the entire i would say probably the entire crew besides maybe like bobby and jonathan like there's this whole chapter in the book about how like jonathan has well we'll get into jonathan the, but it's just like <laughs> yeah i think everyone has their demons but I mean, the full gay demons yeah i think it's it sounds like Anthony and Tan are the closest, and it sounds like maybe they both have like the most self-hating, like gay panic demons. Yeah. And like Tan is like, I never like thought of myself as like an effeminate. And then I like cross my legs and I'd watch the show and see myself like crossing my legs too much and I would hate myself. And it's like Carson Cressley was not watching the show being like, oh, no. fuck me. I crossed my and legs. And you know what's funny is that, you know, Tan is, I think, like just much more conventionally attractive than Carson. Yes. And I think has much less reason to be like so insecure and annoying about it and projecting. At the same time, like, yes, he grew racism. up. Racism. Like, racism in the United Kingdom. And he grew up as a sort of like upper middle class Pakistani young boy but in Northern England. But who was getting England. beat up by like many like hooligans? I feel like he like got beat up like once and like almost got beat up. I feel like it was that he kind of said oh, like... okay. So you're erasing how many times Tan I re- got well, I beat read, up. Well, I read the book and I feel like it was a lot of being like, it was a lot of threats of bullying, but it was like not so much actually getting pummeled. Well, his brother got pummeled. Right. He didn't. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. I'm kind of just like, so there actually wasn't. Anyway, there was threats. trauma. There was threats. No, and threats are serious. Yeah. Probably more threats than maybe... We have gotten as children. Okay, well, as you know, I've been, like, savagely beaten up on the street many times. But as an adult. Uh, but I was also beaten up by my brother brutally throughout my whole childhood. This, but more about, I'm actually more talking about, like, <laughs> other people, like, not family members. <laughs> I'm talking about just, like, random oh, so, people. Uh, no, okay, cool. So, actually, internal <laughs> in, internal family trauma, like, doesn't count. No, got yeah, it. I'm sorry. That's yeah, cool. doesn't count. Doesn't count. Just... Not a big deal. Cool. No. I'm more kind of talking about walking down the street in some big bully so sandlot well, is like you little faggot <laughs> no I, I guess so the, this brings us to the sort of concept of bullying as we think of it no and, and you're right yes being like you know internal like i would never your older brother beating you up is not bullying in the way that we think of bullying i would say i was like bullied a little bit in middle school by like this kid that i had a corporal with wait who mike shapiro Oh, yeah, he was evil. And, like, Alex Park was kind of... They were kind of bullying to me, and they were always like, oh, flamer this, flamer that, you know what I mean? And so Sidebar, like, Alex Park. Oh, your fake crush. Yeah, he yeah. was my fake crush. He was this guy who had, like, kind of frosted tips and was, like, a little bit skater. Yeah. So he was my beard of a crush. Yeah, your crush beard. When people at seven parties would be like, Lily, who's your crush? And I would be like, um, Alex Park. Park. He wears like DC shoes. So yeah. let's go with that one. Tiny biscuiter. Because I carpooled with him and his mom was like kind of cool in the in the oh. sense that she was like single or divorced and had um had one of those little signs on the door that says Chat Lunatique. What does that mean? Like crazy cat. Like there's a crazy cat here. Oh. Yeah. On the car or the house? No, on the like door of the house. Oh, and she was like this kooky. She was fab. a kooky fab. Like she was like came like she lived in Newton, like, but she was slim... giving you Cambridge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did she have a slim like pixie manic? Was no, she, like, a manic she honestly pixie kind girl? of looked like Roz from Fraser. Oh, okay. Yeah, so hot. kind of like hot. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, so you said hot. She was bangable. Say, super bangable mom. Super milfy. Anyway, I was bullied a little bit, but like not so intensely. And I guess I, I wonder, you know, the classic gay experience, at least of our generation, is like gays were bullied. I feel like you weren't really bullied. I just. You were maybe more of the bully. Okay, let me take it back from you for a second. I had to become the. I, well, when I was like not. I mean, maybe in high school, I was like a bitch. Or like a, <laughs> Here we go. A, 
okay. But I'm saying in like elementary school, middle school, it was less like people were bullying me and more just like people sketched by my. Right. I know. And being me. sketched by someone is bullying and that <laughs> yeah. is violence. And we need, to, we need to talk about it. And it's more like I was just more like at camp, always like eating alone because people were just being like sketchy. Oh, what, you're like Girl Scout camp? No, Girl Scout camp I made friends. More of my like fully all boys sports camps I would go to for a week. And it would first like intensive. Oh, you were in like Little League or whatever. Yeah. Oh, and you were so trying to be like such hey, a such a, such a oh. good morning America story about just like yeah. the One first girl, girl she wanted to play football <laughs> and this town wouldn't let her. So she started a petition <laughs> and now you're like fucking Malala. <laughs> And it would be more sometimes at camp, it was more camp based, and people would come up to me being like, So, like, you were a boy or girl? Like, what? <laughs> and I would just be like, Oh, sick. Like, okay. okay. Fuck yeah. yeah. Like, I'm getting served at camp. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I remember this, like, literally, like, three foot tall boy, like, in huge jinkos coming up to me, like, so much foot shorter than me, being like, Are you a boy or a girl? <laughs> and you were like, Dude, where'd you get those jinkos? Yeah, and I'm just like, Let's go shopping. Boots. Boots. Um, anyway, I guess no. the question I'm asking is bullying good and is it useful? Because my fear about the kids these days is they're not getting bullied because like everyone is literally just like bi and non-bi at like age 11. And so like you don't get bullied for being gay anymore. And is that actually important because then it makes you more, um, I don't know, like. Yeah, it builds character. Tough builds, love. Builds fucking character, bitch. I think bullying. And you go out and you explore the world in well, your 20s I, or whatever. I feel like bullying is got up into a point until we did our Teresa episode and I was watching this whole Teresa episode about all these kids who killed themselves for like being bullied. But see, I think that's just Lady Gaga's fault for bringing so much attention attention to the, suicide, I, to the concept of teen like, suicide and then it gets in everyone's head and they're like oh I should give it suicide now so you think video games cause Columbine I <laughs> no because video games are a fantasy it's not it's not it's literally it's literally fantasy I think video games stop Columbine because they like mm. allow this outlet for like fantasy construction and they like very very clearly do not exist in the realm of the real I saw this very scary I got actually very spooked anti-gun ad that they made look like a video game mm. what was this recently very recently yes oh, oh wow okay spooked like a horse <laughs> 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 Um, just on television? Yeah, well... Why because... are you getting served anti-gun ads? Like, aren't we at the point of algorithmic advertising where, like, someone like you shouldn't be, like, stopped from buying a gun? Like, <laughs> well, they should know? Again, this is just based on the TLC Go app because I was watching oh, Teresa actually, and... no. Based on, actually, with the content you consume, <laughs> yeah, you like... are just, like, a Midwestern gun owner because you just listen to country music and watch, like... I mean, yeah. And I did go to oh, a, a gun and fishing rod store this weekend. And you, which one did you buy? I bought fishing rods. <laughs> but this is actually so the new world. The fishing rod helper store keep um, apologized <laughs> to me and my girlfriend for how these other anglers, that's what we call other fishing the community. folks, how they were speaking to each other. What? He was like shaking his head, being like, I'm so sorry. Wait, because they were being like, hey, They're, faggot, you want to yeah. go fishing? <laughs> no, literally. This guy walked in and he's like, why the two black eyes? Your little missy bit you up? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, obsessed. I know. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, it's okay. Like, I'm trying to hang with them. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, so sorry that those, that those two gentlemen were making light of domestic yes. abuse. <laughs> And I'm sure you both serve on the board of many organizations. Many or- <laughs> I guess truly to go back to my to finish the story about no, Carson Cressley is that so fabulous. Carson Cressley obviously spotted like you and maybe me, but mostly you is just like a young faggot, faggot yeah. in the room of this like room of middle aged like white straight people went straight to you and asked you to marry him. <gasps> oh, he literally did ask me to marry him, and it was like the cutest moment, like. Fun, also, like, funniest moment, I think we are like, cracking up, like, high on wine also, like, yeah. on that free wine. And it was just like, and also, you and me, you know, we had all that internal, oh, no, no, homophobia, you know, sure. we were out, but not out. But it was so fun and casual and at this thing, and we were all laughing and... It was a gorgeous door opening to a pathway that I would follow, a pathway towards... Mm. 
gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, <laughs> <laughs> um, anal yeast infection, oral gonorrhea mixed with strep throat <laughs> that created a sort of goiter that had to be treated in a very specific way. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> you and Eric literally create new variants sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just us, okay? It's the community at large, but we're working on it. Celebrity Book Club. This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. <laughs> there are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. Okay, kind of the most iconic part about his childhood and like where he got into fashion is that his grandfather a runs denim a denim factory for Disney. Wait, the part branded... the fact that it was Disney branded was so insane. Disney, so and like they're making, every like, Mickey Mouse denim jacket. Right, so like every big '90s like Mickey Mouse varsity jacket or big denims with Goofy like. And he was obsessed with the tailoring, and he had, like, uh, and he would just like take so much of this Disney gear. Yeah, and just be rocking it so hard. And he he is very technically minded you know he's very into the purchasing and selling and fabrication and sewing and all you know all of the elements that go into the go fashion, into fashion. so what's also kind of like so funny is like you know rather than reading this fashion memoir of someone being like i want to be stella mccartney like he is very upfront about how oh, he was how, like he, i mean he is so basic yeah he's like i'm a huge basic bitch and i just wanted to like design for zara and he's like i wanted to work at zara and i and wanted what? to be like the purchasing director at zara and like the regional purchasing manager at zara and, and then like, go I, to another store and be a regional purchasing sales director like. for H&M. And I think that's why he has such a good understanding of what the, the random, average the layman. random layman wants and needs to wear and like what that person will be comfortable with. And I will say, I think in some ways, he is better at his specific task of he, addressing the men than Carson was. Well, Even right, though I think I was Carson say, is if, 10 times more entertaining and funnier. If you go back and watch the original Queer episodes, which I recommend you do, because... Again, I mean, they're genius. Yeah. And, but he was still like putting men in the most like crazy diesel jeans that were like, yeah. I mean, that was also the style then. Yeah, he was being more of the moment. Like putting this Long the Island was man was more of an like, Ed Hardy moment, and like yeah, everyone like was huge but, vertical stripe button down. And it's like tan is basically just being like, okay, you need a blazer that fits, you need a polo that fits, you need like yeah, he classic dad sneakers that, that are you. leather with like a rubber sole. And Carson would just be like, oh, um, you love. He's not British. Oh. <laughs> 
Carson would just be like, oh, um, you love the band Motley Crue. We're going to find a vintage <laughs> yeah. Motley Crue t-shirt. Like, shred iron it. it. Shred, shred it, it. Iron it onto <laughs> another shredded studded denim jacket and give you this amazing custom piece that you can wear and show off to your friends. And it's just like this random celebrity striker. It's just like, this is insane. I'm not going to wear this like, gay 80s jacket. He's going to be in the marriage or mortgage, bitch. Just being like, oh, you like this one thing? Well, I'm going to go completely insane with that one idea and spend oh, and thousands just like, of dollars. Yeah, and like it. create yeah. this insane like Motley Crue shrine room in this house I'm trying to sell you and like make you cry and like emotionally manipulate you um similarity between have we I feel like we've of gay guys books we've only read Tan France and Chasten is that correct I feel like this makes Chasten's memoir look like the fucking coal miner's daughter (laughs) like it literally makes Chasten look like he's had this insane interesting hard scrabble life that's like so full of like drama and intrigue and it's just like this is literally Tan just being like and then I worked at Zara and then I dated one guy and then I dated one more guy and then I married him my point I mean, that's being also very chastened, which is, is that they did one other person. These and they work at retail jobs and they're so basic. Right? Is that these gay guys like they spend so much time just telling you about like the retail jobs. their retail jobs that they had? <laughs> and he's like, and I couldn't keep a job. He was like, and so I think this is actually yeah, okay. so indicative of the gay experience. I, and I've said this before. I really don't think that gay people can work the ADD culture, and I don't, and I don't the, think yeah, no, that they they're can. really capable of it because I think Tan like is kind of like me in some way. I feel like he is like you know good at taking like standardized tests and like he does. He kind of gets like a lot got, of jobs. I think he like seems he's professional. He's very good in the room, and he's like good in the room. But like ultimately, we're really not made for offices. Like no. we really cannot survive in that sort of like heteronormative like setting. I think we're just like we're too obsessed with ourselves. We're too talking to ourselves in our head. And he was we're getting in fights weird. with so many gens always, he, like getting always in below having crazy also. rivalries with these random gens and Lawrence at the office. It's just like we're really not cut out to work. And I don't think gay people can finish tasks or do normal jobs. I absolutely <laughs> agree. <laughs> I just I just I, I don't think it's in the cards and they, we shouldn't be expected to. And this brings me to my next point of just so like, okay, so he randomly hates w- women is like oh, the vibe in this book. Well, okay. I have he to loves s- women, but then also are he's like. Are talking about the part where he says that women are always catty in offices? Yes. Which Wait, is true. It's literally true. Well, that's very true. But I'm just. Like, like have you ever, like, as someone who has worked in many offices, the thing is the men like don't talk shit about each other in the same way. Whereas every office I've worked in, women have this yes. way. And I've. Yeah, they talk shit. No, no, no. But there's a specific way in which they do a re- what I call the reverse stage whisper, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, they talk like this. They talk, they talk like in a normal way. But if they're I'm protected. if I'm two feet away, I couldn't hear what they're saying. <laughs> They've like figured out a way to just like have the actual like des- like the sound waves of their voice just like mimic the air conditioning or something, so you like can't hear them because while they're just being like, oh yeah, I mean, here's the thing: is that Stephanie isn't right for this project, and she and she knows. <laughs> that she's not ready for it and so she's trying to overcompensate and the thing is this is all going to go to hell in a meeting next Tuesday and it's just like wait what it's like it's like actually crazy I've been in this situation so many times where literally two computers over I cannot hear the conversation and they're not whispering <laughs> okay I guess my point is that it's like one that is true but I still do think he does hate women because he well, also so, yeah he's like a gay man he, he wants to be a woman he wants to be a woman he's like so angry and also like so much to unpack here. He has this whole chapter about drag where he he's like trying to convince It's not for re- me. He's it's not for me. And it's like, okay, I didn't think it was. They have to do one lip sync challenge. And he's like, and he was like, just because I'm gay doesn't mean I'm gonna well, be amazing at drag. He, yeah, he'll he'll start a topic and then he'll kind of spiral with his insecurity where it's like well, he has something that I always felt as a kid, which was jealousy of women for having access to dresses as well, something you can wear that's because what it is. Yeah. a dress is like so easy. And I always thought growing up, I was like, women's wear does have more options. And I think historically, women's wear has always been so much more interesting and so much more varied. I think obviously now that conversation is very different in the past 20 years. Absolutely. The men's wear industry has changed so much. And we have people like Virgil Abloh to thank for that evolution. But I do, you know, the, historically, women have had more options. And like the idea of being able to flit around in a dress is something that seems freeing. And like, obviously, he is so repressed for so many reasons. I mean, yes. he's British, British and, and gay and Pakistani. So I think and all Muslim, and Muslim. So. so all three of those things are something that makes you really sort of uptight repressed. Like all those cultures are classically like. Right. And so I think he's Cover the up. most like, you know, he also I mean, he's obsessed with he basically is Mormon. 
Yeah, it's it's really okay. So so he moves to Utah and marries this guy. If I and can just he starts a fashion business with a Mormon Instagrammer. Like the how he came to first of all, he doesn't really explain can how I... he got selected for Netflix. But his whole career up until Queer Eye was running a like retro swimsuit business for women, then running a knockoff version of his own retro swimsuit <laughs> business yeah. for women, then starting a separate Mormon dress business with, with this Instagram, Instagram influencer. influencer influencer blogger who loves the color pink and it sounds like they had an insanely tense falling no, out I didn't. and he's like and we're so still tense. friends to this day and, and it's, it's like, like no it, you're honestly, not honestly you're not it sounds Clearly, like she literally feels so betrayed by you this is if i can just read the passage of the first time he discovered salt lake his okay. so many trips make no sense because in his teenhood he's like so sometimes my friends and i would just run off to new york city well, this, and you're just yeah, like that was the reveal of him being rich where he was like and he's yeah, like, when we i was had 18 nothing. i would like lie to my parents and say i was like going to london and we would just fly to new york for the week me and my friends and like go to j to go to 4040 and like buy a ton of timberlands because they were cheaper in america and like, so timberlands going to go ahead and be like 129 so you're buying four Pairs at one twenty nine, going to forty forty, getting bottle service with your yeah. chicas. Like, Obviously, he had a credit card, and he's a daddy's girl. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, he's always quitting jobs with abandon. When he just walks off the, when he's working at that gay bar, and he just it's pride, and he and just he jumps, jumps out. over yeah. the bar. He's like, I'm sorry, I can't. I it's have your to party. First pride. It's my first pride, <laughs> which I did. That, that yeah, was no, that was fabulous. I mean, I love that moment. Okay. When I was 25, I visited Salt Lake City on vacation. And there you're already li- no, just li- like, I'm sorry, who told what? you where, why, You went to what? Salt Lake City on vacation Mixed, at 25. At 25. Like, what? We're just browsing kayak and we're like, let's do Salt let's Lake. Let's do Salt Lake. I want to tr- try their bar bites. Like, what are you doing there? I had been going there regularly for a couple of years after initially visiting on a trip with my coworker, who convinced me to come check out his home state. Okay, so, so the coworker's Mormon. The coworker's so Mormon. He's, he's a regional to, district. He's drawn to conservative people. Well, yeah, because I feel like... Right, for all the reasons we explained. Yes. I want to talk about the Olive Garden date. So these Fairweather friends of his in Salt Lake City are just like, okay, get on this random app and it's pre-grinder. and like what's it called? Like if it was like not connection, it was, yeah, or connection with an X or something. I mean, I want. I'm trying to. Okay, so I used to be in an app. There used to be a website called Manhunt, and there's also a website called Adam for Adam. So, oh yeah, Russell's you remember those days? Yeah. I was like sleeping with guys on Adam for Adam, like when we lived together. Like this was before Grinder yeah. or Scruff or anything, and it was was it location based? I think it was. It, like but use it your like IP address profile. or something, but it was still being very profile and weird. And like Manhunt was so profile, and it was it was also very you were way more likely to like fully Sam get was very Manhunt. Yeah, I, well, you Sam, were more like, Adam for Adam. I, I don't more know. Adam, Sam was more like wanting to be murdered catfish, under yeah. a bridge by like a full catfish. <laughs> Anyway, so they meet on Connection, and right, so it's kind of in the Manhunt area of time, and he meets this guy, Rob, who ends up being, like, his person, and who he ends up getting married to, and who is, like, his soulmate, and they meet for a date at the Olive Garden, because Tan was like, people tell me it's the most boring place on Earth, so I thought if I could have a fun date at the most boring place on Earth, then, like, then I know it'd be for real, which... In some level, like, it's kind of cute and is like a rom-com, like, yes. story. But I also just think this is this thing where he basically is the most basic person alive. And he just, like, the first date he goes on with this, like, guy who's, like, mask and hot, he's just, like, into. And yeah. it's just, like, okay, And he's cool. making up this whole story also because it's, like, okay, well, three pages ago, you said you were at Chili's and you said, this is the most amazing place I've ever been to. And you're, like. So why are you calling Olive Garden so boring? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's this. And this is why and he's he like, is oh. so Mormon culturally because it's, like, the two ends of the cultural spectrum are Chili's and Olive Garden. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Chili's is like super fabulous. And then he's like, oh, the food is bad except for the breadsticks dipped in Alfredo sauce. And it's like, well, that's kind of the point of the Olive Garden. So sounds like you loved it, babe. I I just wanted to find this section, the part where he's talking about um, women getting bangs. And he's like, the decision to get bangs is yours. But he's like, but don't. Okay, this is is what I'm talking about. His hate of women where it's just like, you're like. Okay, so you're like, so you hate when women get bangs, and then you're just like, and you hate when women wear two-piece bathing suits, and you also hate when women dye their hair. Well, I don't think, I mean, I think you're misreading, and funny, it's funny, actually, you're erasing the game of experience and what he's talking about. So he says, um, 
I love bangs, but women, you must do your gay friends a favour. The decision to get bangs is yours. Don't put that shit on us. If you want a shoulder to cry when your hair is going through that awkward growing out phase, I can't be the person when I was the one who warned you. I love and I told you so more, more than anyone I've ever met. It's my worst quality for sure. So it's like he's being like, I get, he, get bangs, but don't be mad at me when you're like crying when they grow out. Because it's like girls are always being like, should I get bangs? Which I do feel like is one of the top five questions that a straight girl asks her gay best friend is, should yes. I get bangs? I guess, like, are you under so much persecution? When they grow out and she's mad. I mean, I don't have the relationship with, like, random office girls who get bangs. Right. And um, he is more a gay who does. But he's so a gay who does because his whole thing is, I mean, he... I've, you know, I am not a gay man, but I've, I, been, I've been asked. I would, and I would tell you, no, because of the growing out concept. You know what I mean? And if you did them, then I would say, don't blame me. For the growing out moment. I've had girlfriends of my own, you know, right. who say, should I get bangs? And I usually say I like bangs. I mean, the thing about bangs, though, is it's just it's always a thing that when a girl gets bangs, it's like some sort of signal. That something's going on. That something's that. going on. And then you're supposed to acknowledge the bangs. And it's always a little like, oh, OK. Yeah, they, they need to make a statement. There's something going on in their life. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying here is also... The reason why he's like mostly excited when he gets the call to be on Queer Eye, which again I wish he would explain more. He basically says no, I'm like, like, "Why were you selected? Like, it's like you randomly have this Instagram dress business that's like for Mormon. Mormons." Okay, but it's also so weird how he keeps on saying, "I could, I was about to retire," and it's like you're thirty, you're th- and you're like, "Sorry, well, so you started all these successful businesses." And it's, and it's like, like so how much was he? Making? Yeah, I'm like, so, and he was like, "Don't even get me started on how he was being so like here are the two and." lesbian who needs to tell you how much she has a full-time job yeah where it's like okay i get it you had like three copyrights well it was so shark tank because he was just like yeah and don't ever like have the second job like don't pay yourself a salary to three years in like you will be indebted to the percentages this invest everything back in the company it was very barbara and like actually just like you you think you can be rich you're not gonna be rich Okay, I did like when he was being so fake and that he was pretending to be all of these other women at a company and it was like oh, Vivian yes. and Christine <laughs> and, and like and he would be like the head of operations, the head of payment, like the head of booking and like any client who would email, he'd just like, sorry, Christine, I'm going to CC Vivian. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, that is this, this is so gay. And that is what is fabulous is he's pretending to be 10 Mormon women at yeah. this office who work for like a conservative yet retro high-waisted baby. And I do respect his love of the 50s because he's always like in the 70s where he's saying how all these men who were super masked actually did wear high-waisted like funky suits. And he's like, he wished that high-waisted would come back into style. It's like, it's pretty Um, in style. I want to talk about the part where him and Anthony go sweatshirt shopping and ask if they have scissors. Oh, and and then they make cutoffs like at the store and they're in New York City and they're walking through Soho and everyone's like, you guys are in cutoffs. Right. And they're freaking out. But then he's also like, the, my boys, he keeps referring to them as like, my boys, like, get so mad at me because like Bobby or Anthony can like go undercover once Tan is in the mix. Everyone gets like recognized. Wait, sorry. He says that Tan, like. Tan like blows up their spot. Yeah. Because Tan's like the most famous. Or the most like noticeable is what he's saying. Huh. I mean, obviously, two queer eye cast members together is more there recognizable you, than, than one. one. That's, That's not really basic like basic math, baby. Ba- basic math, bitch. basic bitch <laughs> yeah. math. Like it's not that tan is like so the clockerella in that situation. And he has this whole chapter about how much like he hates press junkets and how like how hard it is to be on queer eye. And he's like, oh, I know you're probably like, oh, sob story, but like you're a famous movie star. But he's like, but you don't get it. He was like, I would give anything to be going to bed with my husband oh, I know. That, at that part. 10 p.m. It's like, shut. Literally, oh. shut up. You literally fucked over Rachel. Oh, wait, I actually, okay. Yeah, we need to talk about the woman he fucked over. Um, Wait, I just had it. Well, while you're reading that, I'm going to read this passage. The Art of Not Being a Bitch at Work, which is funny because it sounds like he's actually a, a huge massive bitch, bitch, bitch at, at work. work. Realize you are not in competition with everybody at your workplace. Realize that the success of your colleagues does not mean you're at risk of not achieving your goals. Do not talk about your colleagues with other colleagues because negativity spreads like wildfire. If you're working at one of my offices and you dare bitch 
about a colleague so you can one-up them, know wholeheartedly that the person you're bitching about will be praised and you, the bitching person, will this be is, fired. This is very Biden's rule that he was like, and if you are negative, you will be fired because we're anti-negativity in our, like, in our safe space. Champ is biting everyone. No, literally, yeah, Champ like, is like an actual <laughs> most toxic male dog. <laughs> Talk about being toxic in the workplace. If you're bitching about people to other people, you are the problem. If you truly don't appreciate something that's happening with a colleague, speak to them privately. I love like confronting colleagues privately. privately. Yeah, about something I don't appreciate. I know it's insane because he says that, but then he like literally backstabs that girl at work and like gets her fired and like threatens to sue the company when she fires him for like never showing up. This is what I'm talking about. I'm just, and it's so, just like, like you're actually an insane psychotic like revenge cunt who's just like fucking people over. And he's like and right. taping people and like printing out emails. I'm just saying with all of Tan just being so like women you're the bitches at work meanwhile like you're going like full Ashley Judd like yeah. court case I'm just saying like you're the same bitch yeah I mean he's very no I mean pot cattle, cattle well he thinks that he's like he's just like no I would never like talk about you like at the office I would actually just like oh, file a lawsuit it. against you like when I leave the office and then I'll only write about it in this like Instagram book okay so this is the part where he has to get out of his business his pink Instagram Mormon dress business with <laughs> Rachel, his Mormon friend. We need to like look up her tops. And so he claims that he was unwinding himself from the business because he was suicidal because he was oh, so busy. Right? Yeah. Um, and then he got the call to be on Netflix and he was like, well, actually, I can do this Netflix show, but I I do need to like get out of my businesses. TBH, though. I, if Which I, I w- totally get. And I, as someone who like does have jobs and like, has to work as a copywriter, it's like it literally kills me and I wish I could die. And I'm just like, if it was offered Netflix show, I'd be like, fuck this. If I was running also like a Mormon influencers like dress brand, I also too... I would want to want to drive off. So he says he literally almost he's like at a bridge and he calls his husband sobbing. Yeah. And is like, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And, and, and he was like, but Rob talked me off. And, and then we like got dinner or something. I'm going to like. We got dinner with no drinks. OK. A couple of weeks after I announced I was leaving. So leaving the pink dress Instagram Mormon mm. business. I got a call about this job for Netflix. When Rachel caught wind of the news, she thought I was leaving the company for this job. And she was incredibly hurt. I tried to explain that. Yes, the timing seemed very suspicious. But it was just a coincidence and a very fortuitous opportunity. Then, then he goes, it was hard for our relationship, but I was able to show her that I wasn't actually necessary anymore as the business was running perfectly with the team we'd hired and that she and her husband could do it on their own. I was right about that, of course. Rachel Parcel Incorporated is more successful than ever and she and I are still friends to this day. It's like, what? You're still, still friends? friends? It's also, also like, it, he didn't say like, and we're the best of gals. He said, and still we're still friend, friends. General friends We're general Salt Lake day. City, like, acquaintances to this day. Also, the fact that he probably told her that he was, he was already telling her that he was leaving. So she's like, okay, I guess, like, that's super upsetting, but I can, like, accept that you're, like, suicidal or whatever. Yeah. And then he's like. No, it's actually oh, a one-two punch. Yeah, and then he's like. Oh my god! I actually got this amazing offer to be on. It's even a worse Netflix show, and she's like, "Well, wow, it's really fuck you." So you are gonna work? Oh, these are the dresses. Okay, oh, producer, wait, Meg- producer Meg. Is wait, so it's full like Easter Pinterest. It's very Easter. It's honestly even more. It's like more boring than um, Draper James and Reese Witherspoon's like Southern. Oh like, yeah. Gang on the line. parcel home. Okay, so we're seeing like uh, a white blazer. Jeans. I mean, it's just like. I mean, it's the most normal ass, like Forever Twenty One. It's like a peasant top jeans with a couple it's strategic a tiny rips in bit them. More Christian than Forever Twenty One, but not much. It's for petite women. Yeah, for petite. I mean, Mormon as you described, women. it's very um, feminine. This is more Christian. The super. We're looking at a super she's long laugh and She's in front of the LDS church. That massive, <laughs> yeah. insane, modern, like, Mormon church in Salt Lake. We need to be doing more shoots. In front of Mormon churches? Okay, oh, you do know you the remember? one in Belmont? Well, okay. Remember when they went, when they built it? I was, so I was in the all-girls math class because after that study came out where they were like, <laughs> girls are so intimidated by boys that they do better in math class, like when they're separated. Are you a part of this pilot program? Yeah, it was like me, Bella, like Beryl, Diana. And now you guys are all really good at division. <laughs> Um, I actually don't. Maybe this was even in a Cohen math class. We were all like roasting that Mormon church. 
that that was yeah. being built because we were like sketched out at thirteen year olds that this Mormon church were being built. And then this girl like looks up from her like equations or whatever and goes, <laughs> My dad is actually the architect of that Mormon church. Which is so also BB Dad that of course um Wait, who beep was it? Julia Cobus beep. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Her dad was the, I, I guess I knew this at a time and I forgot and about it. And obviously he was just like a Jewish. Random, like Jewish, Jewish architect. Jewish He's yeah. like not Mormon at all. No, but just like just built like this Boston. church for Mitt Romney right. in Belmont. Wow. Okay, so okay. basically Tan gets a call because like someone knows someone knows someone. And yeah, and then he doesn't want to take the job and then he takes it. I mean, honestly, this whole process of getting the job is like the most boring, just like, okay, and then you're meeting the casting director and then you meet again and then they like do a chemistry test and then and you he, like get oh, wait, the job. I want to say classic, of course, like all of our books. He was like, I was so, instead of being tall and skinny, he is 5'9", but he was like, I was so petite, skinny when I was younger. I was so tiny. And he's like, and I'm still so tiny. I've always had a 30 inch waist. And then, so I, th- I guess the Queer Eye edition was like very speed dating and they just like put a lot of like the gays in this room and he was like so I just set up shop at a high top and I just let the boys come to me and that's a and direct was- quote he literally said I'll set up shop at a high top and <laughs> yeah. then like and the boys came to him and him and like Bobby and Crum were talking he was like Crum had the most deep beautiful eyes and like when he looked at you were like the only person in the room <sighs> Okay, I, I love- did think the interesting tea, though, of this section was, was saying that, that Anthony was yeah. the last to be hired and that, like, they they had settled on the other four and Anthony, they were just kind of like, I don't know, like, well, do we? Well, the real tea was, it was like, it was well, like the wait, four of tell us. tell your actual tea. Oh, okay. So my actual tea is, one, I went to Ted Allen's house three years ago. Who is the food guy from the original Queer Eye. Yes, and he was... Who ho- then hosted Chop and actually became the most successful out of any of the original Right, and he lives in blank green and... <laughs> <laughs> Fort Blank, he was, a neighborhood of New Blank City. He was, like, hosting a cookbook event for my girlfriend's family friend, who was, like, this fabulous like lesbian who wrote like a Cubano cookbook. Okay. Um, and his house was like, well, I only saw the floor. Wait, was floor. it Marble Island? Yeah, huge Marble Island. The dining room was like super insanely dark, huge heavy table, like hutches full of china. Huge, funky, funky hutches okay. filled and um insane wallpaper that was like sure. on the eastern right. vibe. Yeah. And so it had a backyard and there was like helpers there, but he was like slow roasting like a pork butt in like some like. Oh, we had like the the green Because it was like the Cuban recipes from the book. Okay, right. And he was holding this huge pork butt and he was like, I like big butts and I need you to get out of the way. No. Oh, okay. To like someone who was in his way. He was just being so tad and making Yes, like insane cheesy jokes. But the tea is that the reason why Anthony was picked is because Anthony was like his neighbor and he just like thought he was hot. Yeah. So that so I guess that's how Anthony got like into the, into the, running, the audition. Because he lives in the same building. Yeah. And so it's insane that just like food gays live in this Fort Green building together. And then they obviously like didn't think that Anthony was either that dynamic on screen or that good at cooking. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> they were just like, we are good in the other four, but like we probably went to something else. But as Tan explains it, they all loved Anthony. Well, they also said they just like all thought he was hot. And he was obviously. like, and the first night, like they all kept talking about how the how attractive thought this one man was, Anthony. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't really get it. He's like, I thought Karamo was the hottest. Yeah. Um, he's like, sure. And he's like, and then he'll, the rest will be like, and Anthony, of course, has that six pack. Yeah. It's and funny because all... I feel like, like, it's surprising he says it because I feel like Tan's husband, Rob, is pretty kind of like basic standard, like hot in yeah, a way that like Anthony is. blonde, waspy, like. But like has this kind of like square yes. jaw muscularity to him that like Anthony has that I'm kind of just like. General hotness. Do you really well, not like he's... see it? I feel like it's kind of. Well, I think that's what I'm saying. Like, he's being so, like, my marriage is perfect. Right. And then he's always been like, people will always DM me, like, just because me and Anthony are, like, having lunch together doesn't mean we're dating. It's like, okay. Yeah, you're super defensive. You always want to fuck Anthony. Segment denim. What, what does she, she wear? wear? What does she eat? How does she live? Okay, what does she wear? What does she wear? We're, we're, we're kind I mean, of have what she wears. She loves like a super. Well, she he likes loves- skinny jeans. Okay, I will say this: he is right about a lot of his basic tenets of fashion, which is that it's like 
dark colors look better most of the time. Yes. Because they pair better with most things and like they make you look slimmer and they're it's more day to night. It's yeah, like, it's just like yep, black like jeans, pretty, dark jeans. It's kind of hard like... to argue with that. And he's just like, and he's like, I think like a slim jean looks good on me and like. And like low rises on flattery. Low rise and flattery and like boot is cut is on flattery. It's like, yeah, that's basically true. And these... high rise, like, yes, play with it, but like it's not like the go to. Yeah, I don't know. It depends. I mean, I feel like if you kind of have a fupa, high rise can be a little bit fupanya. Yeah, I mean, I. I usually hate a high rise because it's just like it can fupa someone who doesn't even have a fupa. Yeah. And it's like some people are just like obsessed with fupaing themselves. Yeah. I mean, I, well, it also like if you are going for like if There's you're like a, a curvy femme and you want to go for fupa, then like that can really work. True. But yeah, I think. I guess some girls of... I think tend to and it may be in the more of the queer femme space. Right. They do, they're they not trying to and yet they are and they think that they're not. They yeah. foop at themselves like to death and it's like yeah. you didn't need to do oh, that. Oh, you actually are making yourself have more of more a than bunchy saying you're fupa. giving yourself a fupa. Yeah, you're doing front diaper and it's like we didn't need to. Truly didn't need to. Um, but, but yeah, we know what he wears. He also loves... Okay, why is everyone obsessed with Tom blazers. Brown? He talks about he like wears Tom Brown to know. the Emmys. I mean, and he's I guess like, we like can't talk shit about Tom. Brown. I'm not here to talk shit. It's just very Darby's Law, where I feel like I no one was ever talking about Tom Brown last year, and now everyone is in Tom Brown for a photo shoot. <laughs> I love that we're saying that phrase, Darby's Law, which is someone that we saw on a Facebook group from like some girl who went to my high school that I'm not even friends with. That like some other friend group said is Darby's Law when you hear something and then hear it again. I'm sure there's another term. That's much more well known for that phenomenon. Yeah. Well, but let's yeah, nine a.m. club. Let's nine a.m. club. Up, put it in. Put it in the fucking Reddit <laughs> yeah. like canon, bitch. Darby's Law. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Oh, Dar- he also loves. He's like, remember when Marky Mark wore crop tops? And this is where he starts like doing crop tops. And he also loves. He's like, I love printed tops, but he's like, I actually wear white t-shirts and, and he's black like, there was actually only three. A four. lot. Well, this is why he's so basic because he doesn't realize that. So because he talks about how like everyone made fun of like him for putting every strike on a floral top, and he doesn't really understand that a floral top is sort of a metaphor for the basicness of the show itself. Right. And he is kind of just like, I only used four floral tops in season one, and it's like, babe, that's not the point. We're not actually like yeah. keeping score. It's that like your vibe is floral top, and like. That's what you don't understand. He is true. So he says, like, gay guys invented tight t-shirts at oh, some like, point. Oh, like, because of, like, the it's 70s and 80s or whatever? Yeah, but it's also, like, straight people. I don't know, the also... 50s Marlon Brando, like, What's cigarette it? in the shoulder. Like, He's basically up in the shoulder. always saying gay guys invented every piece of clothing, and it's, like, again, the past, actually. Like, I don't know, Marlon Brando wearing a tight... Well, Marlon Brando was bi, though, so... Right, and hello, like, fancy clothes. The church, obviously, everyone in the church has been gay since... But the beginning of time. Tons of straight guys are all were also wearing high waisted pants in the twenties. So that's true. No, I mean like twenties style was amazing. And like yeah. a lot of those guys were totally straight. And people actually don't remember that. No, like, and we need more awareness for straight, straight guys people. in the twenties. In the twenties. Okay. Also what I thought was interesting was he, he mentioned, I don't remember this outfit from season three, but he wore this sweatshirt that he belted with an off-white belt. Yes, and, and it, then he wears shorts with it. Yeah, and it was really conspicuous, and it was really cheesy. It was very James Charles, do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know James Charles. And, <laughs> and he talks about getting pushback from the producers. Which was insane, that part. And he's like, and they told me, like, you're always telling people not to wear sweats. Like, you can't wear this, and this is when he, honestly, hell yes, Tan France, stand yes. up for yourself. And he was like, know the rules to break the rules, bitch. Right. Like, And it's like, ultimately, like... He doesn't realize, like, that that outfit looked horrible on him and that he looked like such an insane faggot. But I think he was, like, I need to break out of this, like, printed Hawaiian crop. Well, it's the funny thing in, like, in in Tan's own rules, it's like, if you are a Mua, like, wear that. It's like, if you are James Taros, like, wear that outfit and, like, be an insane Mua. But it's like, he's not a Mua. He's an insanely basic Salt Lake gay who's, like, (laughs) thinks that he is just, like, verse or whatever. And it's just like, can't be wearing this, like, belted sweatshirt with this off white belt. Um, what does he eat? What does he eat? Now I'm like, literally, I, I, did he mention food once in this book? He did. He No, he mentioned like going, how like he experienced racism oh, right, at this Garden. like, no, at this like taco bowlery. And this woman was like, do you want pollo? And he was oh, like, like, she thought he was Mexican. Yeah. He so he got a taco bowl. So Utah. ultimately, I think he is. He's sweet green. He's taco bowl. He's going to like, Anthony is making him a grand bowl. They're getting grand bowls at Anthony's grand ins- bowl. I mean, he is an insane. 
insanely basic gay. And if he were 10 years younger, he would just be like, oh my God, I can't bottom because I had Chipotle. Like, yeah. or no, Chipotle, as they Chipotle. say. Like, he just has but no But he'll be like, oh, I just want to order room service and ramen. Like, yeah. I think him and Rob, like, go to Salt Like They go to a big booth place and he gets, like, a turkey burger. Yeah. And the rest, it is very, like, craft services. Like, he's not even thinking about it. It's just like they're bringing them gobbles and of sweet green yeah and he's having cold pasta salad i mean yeah he's craft how does um, she live how does she live i think he probably has the most boring house yeah I it sounds so boring it also sounds like he hasn't totally upgraded he's like i don't need a fancy house yeah because he was living in one bedroom when he was running his mormon dress and bathing suit companies and like Oh, and the they were being husband so was like being so shipping fulfillment. It was like so a Shark Tank update where they're like having so many boxes in their empty living they're room. They're going to sleep on like so many rollers. It's also <laughs> weird how he always is like referencing his husband's job at the hospital, but like clearly the husband's not a doctor. Yeah, because the husband's not or well, nurse. The, the husband is like seems pretty available. Yeah. I think there's literally just like one like dark gray wall, one green wall, one sconce, like one table, like nothing wall. on the table, like no books on the shelves. It's just like kind of an empty weird I think house. he has like a big coffee table book about Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Or it's not even Audrey Hepburn. It's just kind of like glamour. It's like Vogue covers. Yes. It's big, not even as specific as Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. It's just Vogue covers from like 1940 to 1986. And it's like a big, comfortable couch that him and his person can like watch American Idol on. Yeah. And when they um, go to bed at eight and eat sweets and bonbons. Yeah. It's like it's hotel esque, but not even in this way where you walk you know, in. No, it's not like, too luxe, though. No, it's still Salt Lake. Big proportions. It's comfy for sure. Yeah, like big, you know, big chairs like around the island. Whitish rug island. I'm like even falling asleep. I'm thinking falling asleep thinking about this house, and it's like even the closet isn't fabulous either. It's I'm like just, I guess it's. I mean, obviously it's like a walk-in. He must have a nice walk-in, and because he always is like, oh, my husband is like his husband is like probably like stealing like a cashmere blazer, right. and he's like. That's mine, Rob. I hate it when you steal my style and wear like another gray blazer. One just weird thing that I just want to call him out for. He says that he hasn't gone swimming in like years. And then he references all this time where he's gone swimming. He's like, I'm so embarrassed my body. I haven't gone swimming in years. And then he's like, me and Rob are by the pool, like getting ready for the Emmys. Me and Rob are in Hawaii. Okay. Well, actually, I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. Okay. Well, I love that you are this sleuth and just like (laughs) Dr. Detective is in the house. Like you can sit by a pool and not go swimming. And that is a that is a huge mm-hmm. element of like a lot of conservative British Mormon culture is sitting by a pool <laughs> and not getting in the water. But and he so, says he's in his bathing suit, lounging by the pool. I mean, but again, shirt, you can like a get a bathing suit to go sit by the pool and not go in. Right. I feel like that's so many people are just like sit by the pool and don't no, go I'm in. No, I'm not sure to call myself in because I think there's so many people who actually do not swim and just sit by the pool and I'm always confused by them because I'm such a water well, bug. Well, you are a water and bug. And I'm like, why wouldn't you soak yourself? Yeah, and you're always just like, time to cool off. Right, getting heated. Okay, um, who are you in the book? Who am I in the book? I feel like we're both his like fair weather, like Salt The fair weather the friend who made fun of him and Salt Lake and they went out a few times. Yeah, and, but and then he was they, like, they lost touch. Yeah. Or, or with the Manchester mates, like who also were drinking too much. I think I'm the Salt Lake friend and you're a man chat. You're a friend of Dave's who was like, he's like, if that's your bag to go clubbing and drinking every night in Manchester. You know, that guy I slept with who died of autoerotic asphyxiation is from Salt Lake. Wow. Yeah. So there is sort of a darkness there. But I, I guess that's why I'm saying I think that maybe we are the Fairweather okay, friends. Okay, we're both. Yeah, yeah. So we're Fairweather <laughs> friends at Salt Lake at a big, empty Salt Lake gay club. And we're like, talk to him. <laughs> and then we're kind of like, I don't know. Tana's like a little bit random. Tana's and random like, and serious. And, and we're he, like, oh, Tan's in town. And we're like, And oh, he like know. invited us to like the launch of a bathing suit on Facebook. And we're like, oh, I didn't go to Tan's launch. And we're like, are there going to be drinks there? But it's ultimately Mormon. And we're just kind yeah. of like. Like, okay, are we and we're going like, so we're pre gaming, and then there's like not drinks at the launch. <laughs> <laughs> we're just like, we fucking drinks because he's a fucking Morm chaser. <laughs> Fat with a friend. Okay, wait, we need to launch our own like a Mormon like, direct to consumer cocktail business called Fair with Friends, and it's like. 
bottled <laughs> drinks to have before dry openings yes! of a morning you you're like your loser suit. friend's dry opening just like get <laughs> wasted before with Fairweather Friends Fairweather Friends it's 7.5 <laughs> like percent alcohol yeah oh I was thinking more like oh like 11.5 oh okay like cocktails yeah oh, okay <laughs> our next book is Sharon Stone's new memoir, Hot of the Press. And it's called How to Live Twice or something? Oh, The Beauty of Living Twice. Honestly, the cover is insane. It's so the, gorgeous looking. The it's back one of the best is insane. I've seen so far. Like, this is a real marquee episode. Yeah. The back of the book also is a blurb from the book that already feels like it's going to be absolutely madness. It's like her waking up from surgery or something. Yes. And being just like, I to, saw like God. A, to like a super hot doctor. But do absolutely review and subscribe and um, tell a friend. Tell your and, mates and, to subscribe. And actually, again, actually do at me. Do yeah. like at a little screenshot oh, of yeah, your favorite part yeah. of the episode. On the Instagram. And like, like a little a, a screen recording. Be like, this was so funny. I think this is so, I think this is so hilarious. Uh, like a proper screen record. Super cheeky, super cheeky. Proper yeah. screen record. Natty M Club. Let's see the screen record. Thank Let's you. Let's see it. Okay. Um, Bus. Book Club is presented by Prologue Projects and HeadGum. The show is produced by Meg Manane, with editorial support from Andrew Passens and Leon Nafak. Engineering by Ferris Monchi. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horst. Artwork by Teddy Blanks at Chips NY. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us your freaking thoughts, and follow us on Twitter at Celeb underscore Book Club. That was a HeadGum Podcast. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.